Welcome back to Money Chats. This is Renee. And this is Kyle. And I'm excited to get into tonight's chat. Earlier this week, an article was released by NPR's Code Switch titled, Black Latino Two-Parent Families Have Half the Wealth of White Single Parents. So what does this mean? Basically, the gist of the article was about how historically, the historical reasons why, why the racial wealth gap exists. Um, it can go back as far as redlining and other exclusionary practices. But it highlighted some facts, some key facts that we're going to get onto today um, that was highlighted by the think tank that did the study called Demos. And some of those facts were, like one, median two-parent Black families had $16,000 in wealth. Median two-parent Latino families had $18,800 in wealth. And then median single-parent white families at $35,800 in wealth, compared to two-parent families, white families, who had $161,000 in wealth, about. So, first of all, I'd like to clarify one thing, like, wealth. What is it? Kyle? Well, wealth is simplest. It's not what you're taking home at the end of every week. Wealth is uh, what you've accumulated over the course of many years. So, uh, what's in your bank account, that's a part of wealth assets that you own, houses or, or property, that's wealth. So think of wealth as the accumulated income over many years. Right. So now there's a question of like, well, how do, how do they have wealth and we don't? Like, what did they do to get wealth that we didn't do? And one, a few disparities that the, that the study does call out are like the common behaviors that we think that if we do, we'll be able to build wealth, such as go to college, uh, raise kids in two-parent families, and also having a full-time job. Well, come to find out, all of those behaviors are not drivers to wealth. That's right. I, I think those those arguments miss the point, right? We like to think that going to college is going to make you wealthy, but going to college is going to get you a high income. Wealth is not an income. Wealth is a mindset. And frankly, colleges don't teach, don't teach most people the mindsets of wealth. So basically, I guess we want to get into today, like, how do we build wealth? You know, like, how do we attain it? First of all, let's identify the three, I guess we can agree on, the three avenues of wealth. Sure. Well, instead of identifying the avenues of wealth, I think we should ask ourselves, what's really holding folks back from wealth? Mm, Good point. Specifically, what's holding black Black folks folks back from wealth? And I mean... I can narrow it down to three, but I'm going to list all that I can get out. The first is uh, the idea that there's something or someone holding you back. The man. The man. And the man exists. I'm, you'll never catch me saying that, that there's nothing holding black folks back. I mean, discrimination does exist. Racial biases exist. And frankly, past practices have stunted our economic growth. Like redlining? Redlining is, is a recent one, but there's been many instances of successful black communities that have done so well that, that the majority of people in this country, white folks, have decided to wipe them from the face of the earth. Which brings to mind like the Black Wall Street from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Black Wall Street is one of many prosperous black communities that were 
let's be frank, they were raised to the ground because these folks were doing exactly what they should be doing to build wealth. So these sorts of things do exist, things that keep black folks down. But we haven't had we haven't had those sort of practices, meaning outright expropriation of black folks' property, for many years. So the question becomes, what truly is holding us back? And to be honest, I'll say it's simply the mindset. Black folks in general, and I'm not speaking about all black folks, but most black folks live in a culture that espouses material items. It espouses buying things today that have no value tomorrow. Yeah, so meaning like we'll stand in line for hours for a new pair of Jordans as opposed to going to the library and picking up the latest copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Or as opposed to buying those Jordans, you just buy stock in Nike. Well, that's the that's the difference. Yeah, we buy the product, but after we've won the product, the product is worthless. If you buy the stock, the stock goes up forever. That's true. Yeah. Now, having said that, there's there is an argument that says that a lot of these negative cultures were built into us over many generations. Yeah, sort of like assimilation, kind of. You know, like we want to appear to be like someone just so we're accepted. So that way, so that's why we try to like, try to mimic, you know, like wear the shiny things or clothes or that's whatever. Right. But as a people who are to a large extent waking up, people who are becoming woke, it behooves us to, to be bigger than these things that we're putting in place to keep us down. Okay? So that's why you say we have to change our mindset. We have to change the mindset. So what, what makes a black family or the average black family, different than that average white family who had $160,000 in wealth versus the average black family that, that had barely 20 grand. What, what's the difference? And it's, it's very simple. It's, it's not easy, but it, it is very simple. It's, I'll put it this way. In order to gain wealth, those white families did one of three things. Okay. You want to take a guess at any of them? I won't be guessing because I already know it. But basically what Kyle's trying to allude to are those three avenues to wealth that I was saying mentioning earlier. They invested their money in the stock market. They invested their money into real estate. And I don't mean like, oh, my first house real estate. I mean income producing, not depreciating real estate. And set, and lastly, um, most likely they were entrepreneurs, meaning they didn't rely on the income from their nine to five to build their wealth. Rather, they were entrepreneurial and had or started businesses that built wealth, not just for their families, but also back for their communities as well. That's right. In this country, there are only three paths to wealth. And if you want to be wealthy, you'll follow these three paths. You won't think of other items. You'll just follow the three that are in front of you. You either have your own business, you invest your excess money into stocks, or you invest your excess money into real estate. I feel like all those three things, though, are, like, topics, separate topics that we can just get into for days. They're like, all separate topics, but the, but it's a mindset that says, hey, the, the biggest thing holding me back is me. Yeah, there may be some systems that are put in place that were designed to keep you back, but the biggest hindrance is not those systems. It's what you do with your paycheck at the end of every week. So, in summation, I guess, we're going to say that first realize, like, yes, racial inequality, the racial wealth gap exists. But 
the first step in addressing it and to changing or changing the trend is to change your mindset. And I mean, let's jump back a little bit. I know we're okay. we're coming to the end of the program, but let's jump back. The, the racial gap between blacks and whites has existed since slavery. We've never been much more than 10 to 15% of the population of the U.S., yet our wealth has never been more than 2% of the population. So there's, I think it's actually 1%. That's right. So there's, there's yeah. a dichotomy. So we have to ask ourselves, from the point of slavery up until today, even though we all have higher incomes, we still have only 1% to 2% of the wealth of this country while our population is about 10 to 15%. So that's not that sad or quick, because that's a really deep well, I'll say, insight. I'll say it again. We represent 10 to 15% of the U.S. population, yet our wealth is only 1% to 2% of the population. And that hasn't changed since slavery. But yet another funny fact, I work in advertising my 9 to 5, and one thing that's always commonly brought up is the buying power of black households, you know, the strong black dollar. If, if black folks in America were were to make their own country, we would be the third richest, third largest economy on the planet. Boom, mic drop inspiration. That means that we spend as much money as the third largest country on the planet today. But where do we spend it? Outside of our communities. You see, building businesses, investing in stocks, and investing in real, in real estate is the beginning. But the end goal is to be investing within your own community. It's to have that money cycling back. That's This is exactly what Black Wall Street was all about. Gotcha. So what's the takeaway? Look at these statistics as a wake-up call and make a, make a conscious effort to do something about it. So tomorrow, instead of putting in your next order for Fresh Direct or for HelloFresh, I don't know, whatever meal planning services out there, I mean, you go to your local black-owned grocery store and buy your groceries from there. And the next time you want to, you know, buy that cute new hair product, I guess. I'm speaking to myself now. <laughs> Instead of, like, buying it from the Korean-owned beauty supply store, well, go online. There are a few black-owned beauty supply stores that That's ship. Me, That's where we buy our, our hair products from. Exactly. But it just takes it just takes that mental fortitude to make that first step of changing your ways. Yeah, it's a mindset, guys. All right. So that's it for tonight. Any more questions, email us or Kyle at kyle.s at wealthmatters.co. See you guys. Bye. <laughs> Black people!